everybody doing today? Welcome to Film Junkie Live on Monday, November 27th. Hopefully everybody's doing great. I'm already spitting. I'm already spitting. Make sure you guys uh, hit that like thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell so I'm knowing I'm doing all this stuff and hopefully you guys had a good, nice, extended weekend. I know I did. I'm full. I've ate, I ate so much this weekend, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's see who is out there. How's everybody doing? All right, let's go ahead, put that on. All right, we got Jason right here. What's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Ryan's here as well. We got uh, Mr. Eric Hardboiled. Well, are you back on, John Constantine? You asked me that before. Harry White? I didn't uh, have an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Well, uh, okay, a little play on uh, John Wick right there, huh? Travman, what's happening? We got uh, you coming from Vegas. Got your ticks to Rebel Moon. Egyptian on the 12th. Nice. I'm going that Saturday. So if anybody's out there, come say hi. What's going on, Ian? Good to see you. We got uh, KZ, if I'm saying that right. KZ Cinema right here. Good to see you. Disneyland dude, what's happening? Is it time to go to the moon yet? Hoping Rebel, hoping Zach reschedules to come on soon or perhaps Maestro Tom. I know. That's what we're going to hope for. Hope for it. Get Junkie XL on too. We can get him on the Vox stream because we had such a good time with him for the uh, the Rebel or for the um, Zack Snyder Justice League one. Miss Nighthawk is here. Good to see you, gorgeous. We had a great weekend this weekend. My script for the for the Batgirl with a noir is will be noir driven from her perspective and will have a new look on Matt's art and vision. Interesting. What's going on, Mr. Axel Droga? Good to see you, buddy. All right, what's going on? We got Lane right here, too. Yo, what is up, Dave? What's up, Chad? Taka Washiti <laughs> needs uh, an ego check. That dude can't seem to shut up. I give uh, JG kudos. He knows how to zip it. Well, sometimes. That's true. Sometimes. Sometimes he should, which I agree with that. Uh, turn that off. All right. Who else we got here? Hey, Mr. Fear Jason right here. If I had a drink, I would raise it up to you. Cheers, sir. Thank you for the $50 super chat. Every, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Goes right back into the pirate ship, so I appreciate that. Ahoy, ahoy. Doing very well. Hopefully you're doing good, too. Well, too, sir. Yeah, we had th yeah, three. F yeah, we'll t I'll talk about that in three, three Thanksgivings. Pretty crazy. Yeah, and we got Mama Film Junkie here. Good to see you, Mom. All right, we got uh, Miss Stephanie T right here. Always great to see you. Darkness under the wind. What's up? Yeah, had had a good three Thanksgivings. It was just absolutely crazy. So yeah, Mister Nobody's also here as well. Good to see you. All right, that seems to be everybody. But yes, guys. Woof, man. I tell you, three Thanksgivings. Yeah, I know. It's like it was pretty damn crazy. But uh, that's what happened. I mean, it was like we went uh, we went to uh, my my nephew's grandparents' house. On Thursday, they had a big spread, and that was great. And uh, and then my mom, I'm a film junkie, we decided to do our Thanksgiving on Friday. So we did that on Friday, which was also great. And then I went to my dad's on Saturday, which was great too. So just food, 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 booze, food, booze, food, booze. I tell you what, 
man, it was it was a lot, but it was delicious and it was fun and everything. So don't regret it. No regrets. No regrets. But geez, yeah, you gotta like get back on the normal diet. So much freaking. I mean, I don't know how many times I was like wanting to pass out from all the tryptophan and carbs that I ate. Ooh, but it was delicious. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And it was good times with good people. Good stuff. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started. Again, thank you guys for joining in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell when you do so you know when I'm doing this stuff. I've got plenty to talk about. And right off the bat, we're going to talk about something with Zack Snyder because it is something that's important. And it's a link that is always, you're always going to find the link for this down below. First link, you're going to find that here. But yes, this is why we fight. Hashtag why we fight. Zach posted this today. Autumn would have been 27 years old today, of course. I couldn't be prouder of her legacy and this incredible community that continues to honor her. So we got this right here that he posted from, uh, you know, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is incredibly grateful for our partnership with the Snyderverse movement to promote the importance of mental health and suicide prevention the sharing of life-saving messages by Zack Snyder, his family, and the incredible fans has been invaluable to encouraging all of us to take care of our mental health and seek help when we or someone we know is having a difficult time, especially around the holidays. People have that. People have a difficult time. Having an open and honest conversation about one's mental health as well as learning about warning signs and what to do to help someone struggling save lives, saves lives. That's what the Snyderverse movement is doing, saving lives and bringing hope to those affected by suicide. suicide. We are honored to work together and are grateful for their generous support and for their dedication to our cause. So great stuff right there. Look at that. Look at that. $1.1 million raised. That's what I'm talking about, guys. That's what I'm talking. Where's the drop for uh for for that right there? Where's well, well, oh, where's that? Come on, there we go. Oh, it's not working. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, okay, well, it's not working right now. But anyways, I was gonna do the applause. But anyways, this is what it's all about right here. For autumn, for all that, you know, all the uh, any kind of infighting and all the BS. Put that aside. That's what it's all about right there. That's what it's mainly all about. Okay. So good job, everybody. Anybody who's, uh, of course, donated. And like I said, I always have the link provided down below under every stream, video, short. It's always there. The Autumn, the Autumn Snyder Fund is always going to be there. So if you want to donate, go ahead and donate. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps right here. Oh, did you guys see this right here? <laughs> okay. So uh, this was being passed around. Um, I think what didn't the Jurassic Park didn't it just have an anniversary or something like that recently I don't know I thought I read something about that but anyways uh, I was noticing this right here um, when it come, when it comes to uh, a lot of people are passing this around like what the hell is this kind of pitch for a Jurassic Park film I'm sure they're not serious right not serious she's not serious Emerald Fennell says she would love to make a Jurassic Park film and pitches her own take. Well, first and foremost, it's very erotic. So there's a marriage between a man and a velociraptor, and it's basically a domestic drama. I just thought that was funny. I don't think she's actually being serious. Here's the actual, 
it's an actual article right here. She said, I don't think she's actually being serious about that. But can you imagine somebody actually doing something? I mean, you've seen those videos where they put raptors in like other movies, right? Just call those guys. I think they even responded to this. But it was just kind of funny. Also opened up. Yeah. But she didn't say she was kidding. That's pretty much it right there. You know, Jurassic Park. And she would love to do that. But I was just like, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's a take. It's definitely a take. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you want to see the love between. I mean, I posted this right here because we all remember. Remember when uh, Alan had that bad, bad dream in Jurassic Park 3 and uh, the Velociraptor on the plane talked to him? Alan! Alan! Yeah. Somebody else had the same idea too. But it was just like, whoa, that's very interesting. So that is a take right there. Ooh, here we go. Eric Roth. He's basically saying that he wrote a new film for Denis Villeneuve. I always say his name wrong. I get it, guys. I say name wrong all the time. But, you know, but you know, this right here, this pitch right here from Eric Roth that wrote this film, that's going to apparently be the next one for Mr. Denai right here, Denny, as I call him, uh, that is about space and time and is a very lonely and certainly about eternity. Many suspect it's a, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's going to basically be what he describes it as, as arrival on steroids. So it's basically following a team of astronauts going on to explore a giant interstellar spaceship hurtling toward the sun. So it almost reminds me of Event Horizon a little bit. Maybe I'll have some kind of aspect of that, but sounds pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, hey. That's all great right there. And then, yes, guys, um, it is now Christmas season. Now that Thanksgiving is over, that's all gone. And now I could officially be like, hey, it is Christmas season, for God's sakes. I don't like to start it off too early. I don't. People, like, I've already been, like, setting up their their decorations and everything since before Halloween, for God's sakes. But, of course, this kicks off the Christmas movie watching and it started off this weekend because we did, when we were at my mom's on Friday, we watched Home Alone, the first Home Alone, which, of course, is the ultimate classic. And then we watched Home Alone 2, Miss Nighthawk and I. And then I even watched Home Alone 3. She didn't because, you know, after all the, the everything and all the madness of, of Friday, she passed out on the couch and I stayed up and watched Home Alone 3. I, I defend Home Alone 3. I don't care what anyone says. I defend it. It's not as good as the other two, for sure. It's a totally different thing, but I defend it. I still enjoy it. But there's always like this scene right here is probably the funniest out of the out of the two movies. This is right here. I took a picture of this. And it's like it's the funniest because you can go back and forth on which Home Alone is better. And I don't know what you how you guys feel. But, oh, well, you could say in the chat, what do you think? Is Do you think Home Alone 1 is better or Home Alone 2 is better? Obviously, Home Alone 1 is the, I, it's, the it's, it's the classic. And when it came to Home Alone 2, obviously, they used, like, the same formula, but, of course, had to change things a little bit. But I thought it worked. I thought it worked. But this scene right here got rewound, I don't know, 27 times, whatever. There was a sound, there was a sound of a tool chest falling down the stairs. It's just, it's hilarious. And of course, the traps are all, all so much better, but just seeing that right there just made us laugh like crazy. Made us laugh like crazy. So, 
I don't know. How, what what is what do you guys think is better? Do you think it's you think is uh, Home Alone Stallone? I like that. Uh, Home Alone is such a beautiful movie. Home Alone wins Christmas movies. Yes, exactly. I love one, but two is better overall. There you go. Honestly, don't even remember if I watched other Home Alone movies besides the first one. Oh wow. There you go. But yeah. I don't know. Two. When I was a kid, I was I loved two more than the first one. But but now that I'm an adult. Home Alone 1 is just like that classic Christmas movie. It's what started it. But, you know, like I said, they used the same formula for 2, but of course they had to be crafty on how they were going to make it work again. And, you know, that for the most part, yeah, you could pick it apart a little bit, but for the most part it worked. My only gripe about 2 is why did it have to be a year later? It was obviously not a year later because all the kids like grew up like they aged like five years, like every kid in the movie, all the family members and even and even Macaulay Culkin, maybe not as much. But it's like it seemed like all the kids like grew up like aged like four years. But, you know, that's what happens when it comes to when it comes to uh, having a, uh, a cast full of kids. And this is something that Zazzy Pants and Warner Brothers didn't want to hear. <laughs> Oh, when you're when the number one movie of the year is obviously Barbie, over a billion dollars, helping Warner Brothers out. So naturally, it's like, oh, we got a new franchise here, so let's do sequels, let's continue, let's do spinoffs. But according to Margot Robbie and the sources from AP Entertainment, Margot Robbie says it is doubtful that Barbie two will happen. Quote. She says, I think we put everything into the first one. We didn't build it to be a trilogy or something. Yikes. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what Warner Brothers and Zazzy Pants wants to hear right there. Nope. But it makes sense. Because how, I mean, unless somebody just comes with some, comes up with some kind of crafty story or something, I don't know exactly what it would be, but... Somebody would have to come up with something unique and something different. I mean, this could be like a Joker situation because I thought the Joker should have been a one-off. But apparently Todd Phillips had a different idea and he's taking a different approach when it comes to the sequel. I don't know what they could do when it comes to Barbie because, yes, when you watch Barbie, it seems like it's like, what else could you do with it? I mean, they were talking about spinoffs, doing a Ken spinoff, maybe doing a a skip. They're going to do something. There's no way that Warner Brothers does not do any kind of spinoff or any kind of something kind of sequel. It might not be initially Barbie in and of itself or Ken. It's not going to continue that story because I don't think there's anything else that they could do with that. And I'm glad that they put all their eggs in the first basket. Uh, Who said that? I think it was Zach that said that, you know, just put it all in there because you don't know if you're going to get a sequel. Why not? That's the bad part, though, is sometimes it's like, yeah, you don't know if you're going to get a sequel. So you just put all your ideas in one thing and and then all of a sudden it does very well. And then you're shit out of luck when it comes to like a sequel, because like odds are you're not going to make a good sequel. Who knows? Maybe somebody will come up with a good idea where they could do something. I don't know. See, I wasn't one of those people that thought it was like the best movie of the year. I thought it was like, okay, it was, you know, it's fine, but it's not going to it wasn't like. Something I was rushing to see again. I mean, obviously, it's. I think you could stream it now. You could buy it, buy it now? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. But, yeah. I just don't know exactly what they would actually do. Yeah, another Joker situation, right, Lane? I mean, but, hey, if they come up with something and it ends up being good, power to them. But, <laughs> God, I, I, I could see. I, I, I could just imagine David Zaslav at his desk, and he just 
he just holds up a pencil and he just breaks it with his thumb. Like, he just breaks it. Because it's like, you know, this is the movie that was helping Warner Brothers. Because let's face it, been a tough year. Been a tough year that this movie made over a billion freaking dollars. So, then I wanted to show this off right here because I really enjoy this guy's artwork. And he's uh, just killing it right now, Mr. Rico Jr. Crea. Who, uh, if you're not following him, you should do yourself a favor and follow him. Apparently, he was, uh, you know, tasked to make a an IMAX poster for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and this is what I'm talking about here because you guys know I love to display art from artists out there, uh, independent artists especially. But this poster is freaking awesome right here. That's a great IMAX poster, and he even said one of my dreams has always been to be able to create an official IMAX poster for a movie, so I give it a shot with the tribute poster for DC. Yeah, right there. DC people and creative agency, if you, yeah. So he put this poster out right there, and it would be nice if they actually just, like, you know, utilized it. But that's the thing. It seems like, it seems like when you have these artists out there, they're doing better jobs than what the studios put out. That's what's sad. It's like you'll hit posters that just suck when it comes to the studio, and then you'll have these artists out here that just put amazing work. Amazing. So, it's so freaking cool. So, I just thought I would show you guys that because I thought that was great. Ah, the cat's out of the bag. Well, the beast is out of the bag, right? Not Mr. Beast. No, not that guy. Not that guy that buries himself alive and, you know, helps people a lot and people don't like that. Not Mr. Beast, but the beast or beast when it comes to... Kelsey Grammer and the X-Men universe. Kelsey Grammer actually uh, expressed his confidence of reprising his role as Beast, of course, in the MCU. He said, I see him as an extraordinary character, a real character of gravitas and importance to in our culture. And basically is saying like, oh, yeah, it'll definitely he's definitely coming back. He's going to be around. Obviously, now, I, you know, if you don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But yes, the mid credit scene in the Marvels showed Showed Beast show up and, of course, voiced by Kelsey Grammer, although people were disappointed that it was not this design right here. I saw a lot of people really upset that it wasn't that, and it was mocap, and it looked very much like the comic book and the animated series from the 90s. And I get it. I get it. This design right here was absolutely fantastic. It was practical. It was makeup. It was everything. But come on. Do you actually think that Kelsey Grammer now, 20 years later, at his age, would want to sit in, in a makeup chair for five and a half hours putting all that on and doing all that and having to be in that makeup and that suit and everything like that? No, he's not going to want to do that. So let's just face it. When Beast, we see Beast again, it's going to be all mocap. It's going to be all VFX. And that's perfectly okay. All I ask for is when it comes to Marvel Studios, give your VFX team enough time to make it look as good as possible because even with that mid credit scene, eh, it could have, to me, it could have, it could have uh, rendered a couple more, a couple more cycles of rendering, you know, to texturalize and make the hair look a little bit better. I don't know, a couple more renders, but then again, that takes a lot of time. So they probably didn't have enough time because if you know how it works, how, uh, you know, Marvel Studios treats their VFX artists, well then. And, of course, you could see right there, which is just what it looked like. You know, I mean, they're going for more of the, uh, the source material look. That's what they're doing. Obviously, we got Hugh Jackman wearing the yellow, the yellow costume. 
And, you know, it's fine. To me, it's fine. I do like this design, though. I like the practical design that they had. Definitely like that. Oh, and then check this out. We're going to be talking about some Rebel Moon, but, man, did you guys see this? This is freaking cool. What a workshop, baby. We got the swords. Taking pictures of the swords. Zack Snyder's version of the lightsaber right here. You're going to be able to get some... You're going to be able to have those. You're going to be able to have those swords that look really cool. Get your hands on a 1-1 scale prop replicas of uh, Nemesis swords from What a Workshop right there. Grasp the flames of vengeance with the power or with a pair of blades right there. So there you go. Right there. Nemesis swords. So there's not like an actual title for those yet. I don't know, but that's just really cool. I just thought that was really cool right there. Anyways, let me fix this thing again. I got to fix this, damn it. All right. Sorry. There we go. We're good. But man, I know. I think they go, they're probably like, how much are they? They're probably, they're, they're way too expensive, right? Two, yeah, $300. They're $300. So if you have $300, you know, yeah, yeah, then that, that'd be a good gift. You know, obviously I don't think you'd get them yet. I don't know if Scott's going to get them, right? Scott, Scott, you know, he likes to get those, uh, what a workshop stuff. We, you know, if Scott gets a, you know, if he ends up getting those, we'll do another unboxing, I guess. Right. That could be cool. That could definitely be cool, but all right. Let's start talking about some uh, DC stuff and everything that's happening. Rumors, fan casting. Obviously, we got James Gunn. He, uh, he's been talking on social media, which is good, which is good, which is good. But the first thing we're going we're gonna to talk about is uh, Mr. David Cornsweat. That's right. He's, uh, he got some new images of David Cornsweat, and everybody's like, oh, what does he look like every, every time? Well, it's just so funny because he is like, he does not look like David Cornsweat right here. Not at all. He does not look like all the images that we have seen from David Cornsweat. He does not look like that one at all here. It doesn't even look like the same guy. It's actually pretty crazy, but here we go. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, I put him in the, the thumbnail. That doesn't even look like him right there. I mean, obviously, they have, everybody's getting like the, the Man of Steel, uh, Cavill, Superman vibes when it comes to when it comes to, you know, the beginning of Man of Steel, when we see Clark on the boat. But, I mean, that beard is thick. I mean, the dude's getting thick as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, right there you could kind of tell it's him. Right there you could kind of tell. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Yeah, you could you could tell right there. But, like, that, that first that image right there, maybe not so much. But, yeah, it was just like, whoa, that's not his head. Is that really right there? It didn't really look like him to me. But, yeah, he's just uh, he's right there. So that looks, yeah. Invite Debbie and Zach for the unboxing. Yeah, no, I totally would. There goes the Henry Cavill wannabe. <laughs> See, why would you say that, Lane? He, you call him a wannabe? He has nothing to do with it. He seems like a nice chap. Why do you got to be like that, man? Come on, the Henry Cavill wannabe. I don't, you don't think that's him, Axel? No, it's him. It's definitely him. Um, yeah, dude's bulking up. Dude is definitely bulking up. Obviously, we saw him over there. He didn't have the beard. I just wonder what that. What's the beard about? He's so beardy, and he's got the long hair. Just kind of wondering, like, is that for a role that he's doing? Is that what he's doing? I don't know. Who knows what's gonna be happening? But 
Anyways, um, so yeah, there was some David Corn sweat right there. What he's looking like. Hope he's not getting any injectables. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's face it. If you ever hear, if you hear about an actor bulking up, putting on 20 pounds in like three, four months, he's taking some shit. They all do it. They all do it. Okay. They all do it. <laughs> I just I saw what Stephanie T said there. You know, if you, you know, they all take some things. You can't gain 20 pounds of muscle in four months, five months. You, you're taking something. Okay. They all do it. Dwayne Johnson. Hugh Jackman, Cavill most likely too. I'm pretty sure because I don't know how much he packed on like at first, and you know probably Affleck did too. Ryan, Ryan, who knows? They're all they are they're all taking something like it's not like they're sticking like steroids in their ass, but they're probably taking something that's safer. They do that. They do that. Okay. Uh, oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, Cavill didn't. Okay, okay. I'll uh, we'll just we'll just say that Cavill didn't. Okay, we'll take the yeah, yeah. He did not. Sure, sure, sure. They all do it. They all do it. Okay. Do you know anything about fitness and and changing? I mean, just because you're eating like you know whole chickens and stuff like that doesn't mean you like gain that much muscle in like three months. Bale probably did as well when he was doing Batman Begins. They all do it. They all do it. It's 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 nothing, but it's not like they're actually taking like full on what the bodybuilders do, where they're like sticking needles in their asses and stuff like that. It's probably not. It's not gonna be something like that for sure. So, <clears throat> Zach Efron took steroids for Iron. Uh, oh yeah, for sure did. For sure did. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Lane. I mean, if you want to believe anybody anything like that, I'm just saying. Just say it. If you want to believe that he didn't take anything, then fine. He didn't take anything. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll go with that. Yes, but he, you know, taking something. You're taking something for sure to get that big in a short amount of time. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right, and then of course we have James Gunn right here. I mean, when it talks talks about rumors, James Gunn on rumors and casting rumors and all that, and this is what he had to say right here that he posted, I guess, on Threads. Right here, he said, "I get asked about." I get asked about rumors of various actors being cast in various roles every day. Just a blanket rule to keep in mind while assessing whether these rumors have any truth to them. 99% of the time, they're false. We are never going to cast roles without scripts, which is good. That is an absolute great thing right there. Because how many times have we heard about some of these movies? We're looking at you, Green Lantern, that didn't have a finished script. While they're already like trying to make it, you know, I mean, I, understandable that there's going to be rewrites while you're making it. Hopefully not too many, but there's going to be some rewrites. But at the same time, I'm glad the fact that they're like, all right, you have 100 percent a script. The script's ready. You know, obviously, that's still going to be not the final draft. The final draft is always the final thing, the, the, the movie that you see on the big screen. That's always the final draft. But I'm glad that he actually says something like that. And he said 99 percent of. The rumors are false. So we have that. And then, of course, we have something right here, too. When somebody was asking, will it have more of a dark or light tone? And he said it will have both, like most storytelling and life. It's a good answer right there because 
Okay, no matter what anybody says, and no matter what the fucking haters say when it comes to Man of Steel or even BVS, there's still light things that happen in those movies. Yes, it's more of darker tones, sure, more reality that was injected to it, but shut up and saying that, yeah, it was too dark Superman. I, those, those people still say that, oh yeah, Superman didn't smile, Clark didn't smile, and he smiled so many times. It's ridiculous. But I like the fact, yes, you have to have the balance. And that's what that's the pressure that's on James Gunn right there is like you have to balance that. I've, I've said it before and other people have said it, too, is like find the balance between Superman 78, the Donner Superman and Man of Steel. Find a balance in between there. You need that balance right between there when it comes to how you're going to tone the movie. That's the challenge right there. That is the challenge. And then this is what he has to say about fan casting, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying like, oh, this movie is just being cast through Twitter. It's all through fan casting. And somebody actually asked him right here, do you ever take fan casting into consideration when casting for a role? If not, what are some things you take into account when casting for a role? James Gunn said right here, when I'm casting a role, I will sometimes see who fans are suggested online for folks. I or my casting directors haven't considered. Sometimes they have good ideas, sometimes terrible ones. I don't remember it actually leading to someone being cast, however. So I actually agree with this too because sometimes there's just some really good fan casting. Charlie Hunnam, will it be? Charlie Hunnam, would it be? Come on. Charlie Hunnam as Oliver Queen. I mean, when I saw that, and that's been passed around. That's just great fan casting right there when it comes to when it comes to Green Arrow. I think that's number one, and I've always supported that. The other ones I've supported too. So I'm glad that they actually take in consideration. Now, if you're just gonna strictly go 100 percent on what's happening on social media and you're just gonna take whatever the people are saying, that's a little too much. You still have to make it work within the story. And I'm I'm hoping that. What they're actually doing is basically saying like, okay, let's see. Okay, we want we have this person, this person. Let's look at that person. All right, let's see what people online are thinking about. Let's break it down and see who what what actors they are considering and be in fan cast right there. And I'm like, oh, and then and then take that in consideration because why not? Sometimes there's just some really good fan casts out there. Sometimes yes, there are in fact very terrible ones. Sometimes there are very easy ones which I get tired of like certain ones that are just, you know, a little too easy, just a little too easy, a little too and like, eh, that's not going to work. So I like, but I like the fact it's like, consider it. Why not consider it? But will it always, will it always work? No, it's not going to always work. So yeah, nothing wrong with doing that, to be honest. Ah, got an itch on my back. True. But I, you know, okay. <clears throat> Only fan cast who accept was Riley Lynalette as Cassandra Kane. Okay. Henry had the same strength and physical coach as The Rock. And best believe The Rock is juiced. Yeah. Like I said, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it, to be honest, when it comes to the whole actors, like, you know, bulking up and, you know, juicing up a little bit, I, to be honest, it's it, unless they're just using like the like the bodybuilding type of steroids, which I don't think they are unless it's maybe sometimes they are. But if they're just using like testosterone, like you better believe that Hugh Jackman right now at his age, 
is using some, you know, he's using TRT, at least the bare minimum using TRT, you know? And to be honest, it's like, that's not even that bad. It's testosterone replacement therapy because the older guys get, the more testosterone you use. And you better believe that Dwayne Johnson's fucking, you know, using that shit and probably using some pretty high quality shit for sure too. It's just, it's a thing. It's a thing. And it's kind of weird that it's like, why, why even say that you're not, you know, it's like, there's only so much you could build naturally. There's only so much you could build naturally. Takes a long time to build some muscle, you know, but, uh, all right. And then of course, uh, the, the big, the, the exciting news right here, this is exciting because we've been fingers crossed, eyes crossed, you know, balls crossed that might hurt a little bit, toes crossed, everything crossed because Mr. Mr. F uh, Francis, Mr. Francis Lawrence is talking about, of course, Constantine two yet again. And I got some information too, but this is the article right here. When it comes to uh, Hollywood Reporter said Hunger Games director Francis Lawrence talks the ending, uh, obviously that ending when it comes to the new Hunger Games movie. And then, of course, he talks about Constantine to optimism. So this was uh, being passed around and it was uh, basically like, OK, 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 developing Constantine. He's turning his attention, developing Constantine to with Keanu Reeves and screenwriter Akiva Goldsman. And it sounds like it's actually working, working pretty well right here. And here's his quote. The regime at DC changed and they've got their plans. But luckily we managed to wrangle some control. Hey, uh, stupid ads, uh, some control and started working on some ideas for Constantine two, which we're really excited about. It's still, it's still the very beginning as the strike put it on hold for a little bit. So we're probably going to start getting back together after Thanksgiving and dig back in to try to crack it. So there you go. Crack it. Crack it. And from what I heard, when I was talking about talking with some people that are more in the know with me, that yes, it is in fact moving forward. Because that that is an automatic W. That is a W that Warner Brothers sorely needs right now. Zaslav... His job's on the line. God knows if he's actually going to make it through to 2024. I've told you guys, his job is not safe. Nobody's job is safe. James Gunn's job's not safe. Peter Saffron's job's not safe. None of their jobs are safe. Zazzy Pants, I mean, I'm hopefully they're, they're probably thinking that Joker 2 is going to be a W for them. And that's what DC, the DC brand, definitely needs Joker to be be a W and hopefully it is hopefully it is but a Constantine 2 would also be a, a gigantic W as well I mean there is so much writing on Superman Legacy and James Gunn does not have the power that maybe he once had a year ago when he first jumped on absolutely does not absolutely does not I've said that many times too it's like he does not have the power that he once had even if he claims that he still does and he says that whole thing like oh yeah we're DC Studios we're separate from Warner Brothers yeah but you you still work for Warner Brothers no matter what and no matter what you say you're still working for Warner Brothers there Jimmy Guns it ain't safe stuff's not safe and there's going to be a lot more pressure on Superman Legacy that thing 
I, I mean, I don't see it bombing, but it's probably going to, you know, at least going to, it's going to have to profit. It's going to definitely have to profit. And that's the thing. And I'm wondering how that budget is going to go. I have faith in James Gunn coming under the budget, I guess you could say. I think he could very much, I mean, look what happened, of course, with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know what the budget was of that, but it still made $850 million, whatever, worldwide. So, But yeah, there's a lot of pressure that's going on with that. But what's good about this is the fact that they're going to be like, all right, we have, if you have Keanu Reeves, you definitely have, you have to utilize him. He's not doing John Wick movies anymore, even though they've talked about doing a John Wick 5. I don't know how that's going to work. But bring him back to Constantine, have it in DC Elseworlds. I mean... It was mentioned during the announcement, so you might as well just keep the word or incorporate them into the actual DCU. Why not? Do that as well. If you say that sometimes you're not going to be recasting, then just use use Keanu Reeves as your John Constantine. Why not? Why not? But it would be an ultimate W. It would be a W. And I think, and guys, put it out there. Put it out there. Hashtag Constantine 2. Show your hype. If you're bored one day and you need to tweet something, Tweet hype for Constantine too, because you better believe they're looking at social media. Okay, so if you want a Constantine two, tweet more about it. If you hear some news about it, tweet about it. Tweet about how much you like the first one, how much you love the first one. Help it out. So if you're bored one day and you're just like looking at your Twitter feed, like, huh, tweet out some Constantine two love right there. Help it out a little bit. We're in the age of social media and trends and whatever and analytics. So help it out. Help it out. Anyways. What are you guys talking about? Huh? All right. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about David Ayer as well. When it comes to uh, craziness, (laughs) Uh, he's been kind of, uh, you know, he got dogpiled on this past weekend when it came to supporting James Gunn which a lot of people didn't like. Didn't like that he was supporting that he's supporting James Gunn and that he was looking forward to. Let's see. I forgot to bring up the tweets right here. He deleted some tweets too. I think he actually deleted one of the tweet the quote tweet that he tweeted for me. I don't I didn't find it anymore. But of course he quote tweeted Steven as well. And a lot of people didn't like that. Uh seems like Steven's more hated by that loud side of the fandom than me. So, but uh, he did some tweeting and he was saying, I mean, it first started off with him just kind of just showing support, showing support. And of course, you know, you got the RT like air cut accounts that's not happy with him showing support, him showing and him quote tweeting certain people as if David Ayer knows. As if a- David Ayer knows all the stupid infighting and squabbles. He doesn't He doesn't know this shit. I love it how these guys have the conceit to think that these people like Zach and James Gunn and all these people that they, they just know who to trust and who not to. And it's always like, don't trust them. Trust me. Don't trust them. Trust me. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Fuck you. They're not going to know anything. It's hilarious. And I'm sure you guys, some of you guys saw that right here. I'm trying to find the tweet. Hold on. Sorry. I should have, uh, let's see. Nope, that's not it. It was right there. He was tweeting that. He also said, yeah, he was just kind of going like, I don't know who, what, what the hell? He he did say that uh, it will change history and did use the hashtag release the air, air cut. So that was pretty cool. 
Hold on, hold on. Where's that initial tweet at? Eh, I'm not going to find it. All right. Eh, he's tweeting Zach, retweeting Zach's posters. Ah, there we go. This is the tweet that, you know, of course, uh, people did not like, but hey, what can he do right here? I absolutely can't wait to see Gun Superman. I have to say this. Gun is the bravest man in Hollywood these days. Whoa! Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that, right? Bravest man? He called him the bravest man in Hollywood? Uh, I mean, if you if you actually break it down, you put the bias aside, and you actually break it down for him to, to, to try to get DC Studios a thing and take on Superman, that is pretty fucking brave in that context, okay? I'm just saying, taking on Superman... You, I mean, you have to be confident to take on Superman, okay? Zack was confident, which was great, and Christopher Nolan was confident in him to take on Superman, and to me, to a lot of us, it's the best Superman film, Man of Steel. Nailed it. And hopefully James Gunn, in my, you know, I hope that he nails this version too. He's taken charge of the hardest ship to captain in this industry. We make movies, we are entertainers, not elected officials leading a nation. Everyone, please chill. Well said. Well said. Nothing wrong with what he said right here. And then somebody said, come on my podcast and talk about movies and how to, nego- to, to navigate. And then he said, I wish I knew how to navigate. More confusing by the day. And it's totally understandable. But yeah, sadly, I think the quote tweet that he had me, he deleted. Ah, because I responded, and then, yeah, he didn't do that. I knew it, James Gunn lied again. So somebody said, I knew it, James Gunn lied again to you, right, David Ayer? He said, I'm definitely uh, neurodivergent. I'm complex, I'm baffling, I'm human, I'm alive. Why try? Why get out of bed? Why not? I don't know. Is he, like, uh, you know, scrolling? Maybe he had a couple of pops. I don't know. And he posted this right here, too. Yeah. So Katana, he posted a shot of Katana. So that's pretty sweet. But yeah, so he's doing that. And then, of course, like responding to people and retweeting stuff, retweeting some Dark Knights, retweeting some uh, Silver Surfer and Galactus art right there as well. And then, of course, he, he tweets a lot of stuff like that. He says, and uh, yeah. He was just kind of having fun the other day. But, yeah, he did delete some of the tweets because he, you know, probably felt that it was you know, a little too much. And he says it's hard. This is one he uh, tweeted Colbert right here. He said, it's hard to get mad at the passion. I do think I do think there's something about the Twitter or X or whatever format that someone adds tension to communication. I love the direct engagement, but also don't. Yeah, it's a love-hate thing, obviously. It's a love-hate thing. And then, of course, people were like, don't trust Colbert. Don't trust Colbert. How dare you retweet him? How dare you? He's part of this. He, like, yeah. And, of course, they say all this stuff that is not true. And it's all been, you know, the stuff that they claim has all been uh, clarified many times from him from himself on the Vodka stream. you got to love that. But, you know, that's just the way people are. Uh, oh, wow, you're in Fiji right now, Jason. That's pretty cool. I like that. So you've been on vacation visiting some family, so that's good. David Ayer getting hate for backing up someone he likes, but a bunch of uh, crazies go after him and really, yeah, it's really pathetic. Wait until people hear Zach saying that James is a buddy. Yeah, well, then, yeah, that, yeah, I got a lot of shit for that one. That's for damn sure. It was like, oh, yeah, he's a buddy. And then, of course, people, I, I got 
I remember like that loud side was like, you edited the clip. I'm like, um, yeah, I made it a minute short. Yeah, that was a funny, if you guys don't know, there was like when Zach was on last, uh, I made a joke. I wasn't really planning on bringing up James Gunn, although I did want to know his opinion on him taking over. I made the joke there about James Gunn or something like that. And of course, Zach said he's a buddy. And then of course, uh, when he was thinking, he was thinking Warner Brothers which, you know, Zach thanking Warner Brothers. Who would have thought that he would be thanking Warner Brothers for helping him put on, of course, the Full Circle event and thanking uh, Pamela Abdi and uh, Michael DeLuca. Um, I had to cut that. I, I was trying to cut that that clip as short. You know, obviously, I got to do it at less than a minute because I was trying to make a short out of it. And, of course, uh, you know, that, that side of the fandom accused me of editing it and everything. When the entire interview with no edits is on, on my channel. It was just kind of funny. They were accusing me of doing that, of cooking. I guess that's what, that's the term that they call it is cooking, you know, edited or whatever. And it's like, no, I, I, I link it. I link the entire stream with him underneath, but I had to condense it into a minute. It was just kind of funny. It's like, you could watch the entire interview with no edits. You got to love that. You just got to love that. You got to love that. He thanked uh, Pam and Aunt Mike only? No, he thanked Warner Brothers as well. Yeah, he thanked Warner Brothers in general as well, too. But, yeah, he did thank, uh, yeah, but he did name Pam and, uh, and uh, Michael. They helped out with it for sure. They definitely helped out with it for sure. But, yeah, they did that. Yes, I know. I know, Lane. I get that. <laughs> He did mention them, but he also said Warner Brothers in general, too. But then named dropped those two. I was there. Yes, I was very much there. All right. Speaking of Zach, let's talk about some of the uh, things that were mentioned when it came to this interview right here. Now, we're not going to go through the video. We're not going to go through the interview. It's over a half an hour long. But hopefully you guys watched it because it was a new uh, interview that he was having with uh, Portal, uh, Zack Snyder, Brazil. It was like Zack Snyder, Brazil, apparently. That's what it was. So here's the uh, here's the uh, the video right here. So look for it. ZSBR. It's been posted all over the place. Great interview. Like I said, a little over half an hour. And uh, obviously it had to be uh, there had to be a, a translator, you know, when it came to questions and everything and the and the, the person who did it you might recognize their voice they might have narrated something called project justice league uh good good guy great guy um who uh helped with the questioning right there but very very much something that you need to uh to watch if you haven't already like i said it's just that it's 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 a little over 30 minutes please do please watch that because he does mention some a few things that we're going to kind of go over right now and one of the big things when it came to this interview that I was like going, okay, yes, more hearing about this is he was mentioning what's going on with the army first, because obviously right now he's 100% balls fucking deep when it comes to rebel moon. And it's probably going to be mainly focusing on rebel moon. And there was mention about, of course, what we're all wondering what's going to be happening is army of the dead, Las Vegas, which I am dying to see because I want more of that story. I loved Army of the Dead and Army of Thieves. Thought it was something unique and different when it comes to the safes. And obviously, you know, Army of the Dead is just not your, it's not your dad's, it's not your dad's zombie movie. It, it is something different. There's aliens involved. There's portals. 
there's interdimension stuff. So I'm just so wondering like what's happening with that. But he basically said that, you know, all the, he said what we already kind of know is all the animatics were done. The voice, the voice overs are all recorded and everything, but they haven't been able to fully. So it's on a halt right now, sadly, but he did mention a couple of things when it comes to this, but uh, he said that, yes, uh, he is focusing mainly on Rebel Moon, but it's keen to keep back to go back, of course, to the army verse and excited to continue those stories. And then, of course, you know, there's things where it's just like we, we, we kind of just know that meh, he's most likely going to, you know, connect the two, which was mentioned as well. He mentioned that whole thing as well. But uh, sorry, I lost my spot here when I got that. OK, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. He says, like, yeah, when it came to it's halted for the time being and all the animatics and voice work is done. The show is about extraterrestrial and interdimensional origins of zombies in that universe. So that's what's good. And then, you know, what's crazy is like this got released right here. This got released right here. And look at Mr. Noble down there. Mr. Ed Screen. Mr. Ed Screen. That shot right there, I mean, these are beautiful shots, of course, because it is a Zack Snyder film. But you see the blue, and you see the haircut, and you see what he looks like? That almost looks like Zeus at the beginning, doesn't it? Something uh, kind of interesting about that. Probably looking a little too much into it, but that shot right there, some people were, like, making the connection. I'm like, wait a minute, are we seeing the origin of Zeus and the zombies that we see in Army, look at that right there. It just kind of uh, gives you a little bit of something. I don't know. It's interesting. Very interesting. I just That shot that came out, it was like, wait a minute. Huh? What's going on there? Uh, let's see. What else? He also said that uh, when it comes to Rebel Moon, it's probably more science fantasy than science fiction. So it's closer to Lord of the Rings and uh, not the, the creator. Which is interesting, so that means Zach's all the creator. Like, like I said, if I get Zach on the Vodka stream again, I want to ask him, like, what movies has he been watching this year? And apparently he's watched the creator, so I'm kind of curious to see what he thought about that. He also said that he um, praises, of course, the the, 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 the spinoff books that are coming out. And uh, uh, Mags Vazags, who is, of course, making the House of Blood Axe books that are going to be spun off of the initial story said mags did an incredible job i'm super proud of the comic book she did an amazing job writing the comic book i thought they represented a great relationship between me and what was possible without breaking canon so there you go and she even said that oh yeah like i here here is the story he gave me notes so i incorporated them great collaboration she has praised him all up and down and everywhere she even said like dear haters Talked about all that. So, yeah. So, I mean, those were like the, the main things. We, everything else we kind of heard a little bit. And then, of course, there was new uh, posters that came out. So, speaking of Noble, Mr. Ed Screen right there. We got this poster. Pretty sweet. These are like, I think these are official Netflix posters. And that's, what's his name? Tar Tarak or whatever. The guy with the abs. The guy with the fucking abs. And then we got this right here. So something tells me that these are going to be screenshots. I think there's going to be screenshots for when it's on Netflix. You know how Netflix has they don't have they don't use the movie posters. Sometimes they do, but they mainly don't use the movie posters, the official movie posters. They use their own specific like shots that sometimes are god awful. You ever notice that on Netflix? When they use like a shot from the movie or like a still or something, and it, it, it doesn't really work for the movie 
other streaming services do that too. But so there were some new things when it came to that. Ugh. Don't ask him about DC films. <laughs> well, the reason why Shane is because, because, you know, that's what everybody wants me to ask. Anytime that he's been on, it's like, ask him about DC, which I say, fuck off. I don't, I'm not going to ask him about that because what it's like, he's not doing that right now. I mean, I think I would ask him about like, you know, because he did mention about the full circle poster, which you can get. I think I have to check that link. And I think you can get that full circle. You know, the, the statue, the statue, the Superman statue put back together. I obviously would ask him more about that because he did say the last time he was on that there was like some hidden meetings in there, meetings in there. But that's for another time. So maybe we'll talk about that. But yeah, for, for the most part get them on if i get them on again and we talk it's going to be mainly about the new stuff i mean that's just because that's what he's 100 focusing on he did also mention about that uh in the same interview he did mention about the alexander the great sequel to 300 which would would be the third story in the 300 series that he actually wrote he's mentioned it before i think he mentioned it on justice con where we basically would follow that story on top, you know, that'd be a continuation of like the whole entire story or something like that. And that's something he wants to make still. So again, that's why like when everybody's just like, oh yeah, he wants to go back and do the DC stuff. I'm like, it sounds to me like he's got a lot of original stuff cooking, which I would be more, I'm, I'm more looking forward to that. I'm like, as much as I want to see the DC stuff and maybe we'll see it one of these days, we can see a continuation in some form. I am glad that he's happy doing like his own stuff and being creative and building things from the ground up more than going back into, I mean, let's face it. What, what was I just saying? I mean, Warner brothers is still a shit show and DC studios is trying to find some kind of leg and, you know, Gunn doesn't have the power that he once did. Everything's riding on, of course, uh, Superman Legacy. And, you know, it's just I'd rather have him create new stuff. So. But, yeah, don't ask about that. But I, I would definitely. And then, I mean, I'm telling you, that shot of like Ed's screen with the blue and everything and just looking. It's just it's very interesting. It's very interesting. All right. Hold on. Let me pull up that. But uh, hopefully you guys are going to be able to see it in um, theaters. Like I said, you know, also put out that hashtag, too, and whatnot. All right. Box office. Is anybody uh, anybody still going out to see the Marvels? <laughs> I, I, why put salt in the wound? That thing is not doing well at all. Um, yeah, box office is pretty much suffering, but. I want to see what the box office was this weekend. To be honest, the Hunger Games movie is actually not... Do, it's doing pretty... It's, I guess, doing pretty decent. It's number one again, $29 million and it's made 98.6 domestic. And apparently it only had a $100 million budget. I'm sure that's not what it actually is. You could probably tack on 30, 40 more million. But, you know, it's made worldwide 154.8. So... Hey, not an entire bomb. I mean, I was beginning to wonder if Rachel Zegler was ever going to have a winner. <laughs> oh, she's my friend. Remember, guys? She's my friend. And then, of course, we had Napoleon that came out. Uh, I'm sure this budget was probably $200 million, but it's an Apple TV. So I think just like uh, uh, wasn't Flowers, Killers of the Flower Moon, also an Apple TV. It seems like they can afford these budgets. 
even if they don't do well at the box office because Killers of the Flower Moon, eh, it didn't make that money back, but this made $79 million. I didn't see it. I want to see it, but it just didn't ha- I just hadn't had time. Just hadn't had time yet. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's still kicking ass because this was like a $20 million budget. It's at 283.2. So that's pretty good. Yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon, only 151.8. And apparently had a $200, $200 million budget that half of it went to fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. And of course, the Marvels still uh, not even making 200 yet. 188.7. And what could he do? What could he do? But there was, uh, let me see if I could find that in all my tabs that I have right here. But there was uh, an article that came out. Damn it. I think I forgot to, uh, maybe, hold on. Let me pull it up here. Let me pull it up. Let me see. Do I have it? Oh, man. Hold on. Forgot to bring it fully up. Hold on. Uh, Let's see. Somebody sent it to me, too. But there was something like uh, about Disney. Of course, the person that sent it to me sends me a lot of things. But there was this article. Where is it at? There, no, that's not it. Damn it. Did you guys hear about uh, somebody at uh, at Disneyland? Speaking of, you know, Disney, this is what this article is about. But somebody at Disneyland was caught, like, stripping down in Small World and, like, swimming in the water of Small World. I don't know if you guys saw that. Look it up. Obviously, I can't pull it up because I think, he, yeah, he gets, like, fully naked. But, uh, yeah, some, some crazy lunatic um, went to the small world ride at Disneyland and was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swim around and bathe in all this stuff. Man, should have had that pinned. Nope. Nope. Ah, I'm not going to be able to. Find. And also Jamie Foxx. What happened with Jamie Foxx? He's getting, like, uh, sued again. Or he's getting not sued again, but sued. Let's see, where was that damn thing? Yeah, I'm not going to find it. It was a damn deadline article that I don't know where it's at. Not going to find it. Trying to find it, but not going to find it. But it was basically talking about... Well, I mean, I guess the article was simply about the fact that Disney has not had a billion-dollar movie this year. And it was kind of interesting when you open up that article and it talks about how the fact that it's like, yeah, Disney has not had a billion dollar movie. And, you know, even this Wish movie that's that just like came out as well. It came out this weekend. It only made nineteen point seven million dollars, forty eight point nine worldwide. And it just kind of shows you right here. You're talking about Disney. This is Disney that owns most of the film industry. They have swallowed up most of the studios and they're putting out, you know, the bigger the, the biggest blockbusters. And the fact that the fact that Disney has not had a billion dollar movie this year is very interesting. It's very interesting. And it just kind of shows you that they reached too much. There was they they were trying to consume way too much. And then, of course, they were trying to do too much when it came to like these this IP, these all these IPs and doing all this stuff. And I don't think they exactly th- I think they thought they were unstoppable at one point. I've even heard that Bob Iger is not, you know, obviously he's not happy. I've heard that Kevin Feige has got, he's got his wings clipped as well. James Gunn got his wings clipped, even though a year into the job because of how bad things are. Kevin Feige the same way. I'm hearing that. I mean, who knows? Grain of salt. You got to take it with a grain of salt that he actually has to now, he can't green light movies himself anymore. He can't do that. He can't do that, which then leads to the next topic when it comes to 
rumors of what's happening in Marvel Studios and what projects are coming out because a lot of things over the weekend were coming out and specifically coming from Daniel RPK, the scooper, which... And when it comes to scoopers, I would trust him more than some of the others. But at the same time, nobody's foolproof. Nobody's actually foolproof. But I kept seeing I, the, the main things that I was seeing that he was even debunking was people were saying that Miss Marvel and She-Hulk were getting they were getting a season two. And he was like, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. So there was that whole thing. And then they're talking about how they want Scarlet Witch to have their own movie. Apparently, that's not even that's a little bit of misinformation as well. Um, but there was, of course, talking about like, yes, D- Doctor Strange 3 is, in fact, moving forward. That is believable. And Sam Raimi apparently might be uh, directing that. You know, I think he's still attached to direct that. But Doctor Strange 3 moving forward. That sounds more legit because when it comes to the multiverse saga, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness as much as, you know, some people didn't like it and there was a discourse, I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is great. Sam Raimi, give me more of this. It made money. It made money so I could see them moving forward with a Doctor Strange 3. That makes sense. When it comes to, like, some of the shows, though, anytime you hear something about the shows, yeah, you might want to, yeah, pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Pump the brakes on that one a little bit because that's not it. But uh, something that did definitely come out, I'm uh, from Deadline right here when it comes to because everybody's kind of wondering what's happening with Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars. Kang Dynasty seemed like it was up in the air and it's definitely not happening. And who knows if it's still happening. The whole Jonathan Major thing, that's always that's going to be a big issue. But there was this right here that came out. Loki creator Michael Waldron to write Marvel Studios Avengers the Kang Dynasty. Hey. If you're going to get somebody that can actually help this whole multiverse thing, get the guy who's making the good show, the great show, Loki, the creator. I mean, I don't know how much he was like writing into it, but Michael Waldron has been tapped to write Marvel Studios Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Waldron had already been set to write Avengers Secret Wars. Why not have him do both? Waldron has become one of Marvel's most trusted creative minds, having previously created and served as showrunner of season one. So he only did season one. Okay. Season two, in my opinion, was better. Okay. He only did season one. Season two was definitely the better of uh, the seasons when it came to when it came to Loki right there. But hey, they got that. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, he's got a funny face. I will say <laughs> I will say that. You know, he, he's interesting. You know, he just like, you know, but Hey, sometimes we don't, we, I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't fall. I make funny faces all the time when I'm taking pictures. So anyways, that's besides the point, but hopefully with his time creating and working on Loki, maybe he could do something. It's just going to be interesting to, are they really going to do the King dynasty? Because there's been rumors all over the place that it's not going to happen. But then again, we don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan majors, his, his court case, I don't know even when that's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen, isn't it supposed to happen this week, maybe? I don't know. It's all very much up in the air, but maybe that'll help. Who knows? Who knows? But that's pretty much it. And then, yeah, like I said, when it comes to the TV shows and season two of TV shows, ah, take those with a grain of salt because they're going to be cutting back on those TV shows for sure. They're going to be cutting back on some of those TV shows. So the whole thing about Miss Marvel or even She-Hulk, yeah, you might want to yeah, pump the brakes on some of that stuff. Seems like they're going to probably be focusing on the Daredevil stuff more than anything right now. But 
I don't know. It's just a mess over there. It's just a mess. And, you know, sadly, there's not going to be somebody, you know, no, no Kevin Feige is going to be coming out and like trying to debunk all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And then before, oh, yeah, and even, like, adding to it, apparently, according to uh, some of the rumors that are out there, was uh, Marvel Studios wants uh, Thor 5 to be a darker tone. Yes. Say more. Gareth Edwards is one of the directors that the studio is eyeing to helm the project. Huh? Gareth Edwards? Okay. Yes. Mr. Uh, Robert Eggers. I know I made, like, a, a joke about that. You could look for it, Robert Eggers. Uh, Thor 5. Yes, he'd be perfect for it, but I don't think Robert Eggers actually wants to do a Marvel Studios project. I don't think that would be... But Gareth Edwards? Okay. I mean, who knows? Again, this is just from a scooper. It's a rumor. It's whatever. But it just kind of shows you that, yes, they no longer want... Taka Watiti. We don't want that guy. They don't want that guy anymore. I don't want that guy anymore. No, no, no. Because, no. Who wants that? Yeah. That's what I say about it. Because that's what happened. But um, let's see if I could. Oh, did I mess up that? I totally did. Yeah, right here. So this article right here. Holy Lord. So let's talk a little bit about Taka. I was going to do it at the end of the tweets, but let's talk about some of the things that he's actually said. And even the even the headline frustrates me. The headline. The headline even frustrates me. Oh, come on. I gotta fix this thing. It's just acting stupid. Hold on. Technology, technology, technology. Okay, there we go. Get rid of that. <laughs> Did I? What the hell just happened right now? Does that work? Okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. Okay, so some of my buttons got tripped. Anyways, some of the drops got messed up. Anyways, Takawatiti says Thor wasn't in his plans as an auteur. Took job because he was poor. People think you're people think you're an auteur. Okay. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not saying that he's a terribly fully terrible. I did like Jojo Rabbit. I thought it was decent. Even though him as Hitler did get annoying, but hey, what could he do? Ah, the next goal wins. A lot of people are not saying that it's great. I've heard nothing but kind of just bad things about it. You know what? I had no interest in doing those films, obviously, when it came to Thor. It wasn't in my plan for my career as an auteur. But I was poor, and I just had a second child, and I thought, you know what? This would be a great opportunity to feed these children. I totally get that. Makes sense. You get offered one of these big, huge movies that pays a lot so totally understands and thor let's face it it was probably the least popular franchise i never read a thor i never read thor comics as a kid that was the comic i'd pick up and be like ugh and when and then i did some research and i read one thor comic or 118 pages however long they are so just one that's it watiti added that he took Marvel reaching out to him as a sign of franchise. Uh, the franchise didn't know where to go next. I think there was no place left for them to go with that. Talking about, of course, the third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok. I thought, well, they've called me in. This is really the bottom of the barrel. It is true. 
Watiti went on to write and direct Thor Love and Thunder, but recently told Insider that he most likely will not be involved in the fifth Thor movie. Thank God. I know that I won't be involved. I'm going to concentrate on these other films that I've signed on for. Clara and the Sun adaptation and his upcoming Star Wars installment. (laughs) Okay. So that's six, seven years gone. I'd imagine another Thor would be a lot sooner than that. But I love Marvel. I love working with them. I love Chris Hemsworth. We're in an open relationship. And it's like, if they want to see other people, I'm happy for that. I'd still get back into bed with them one day. Dirty. That's what I have to say about that, Mr. Watiti. Oh, whoops. Let me turn that off. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what he has to say right there. And it's just kind of funny because he's very open to the fact that it's like, oh, yeah, they called me because it was the bottom of the barrel. They're doing all this. I mean, obviously, when you read the the headline, it sounds a lot worse than it actually is. And that's what it's made to seem like. It's always the case. It's always the case of like, you know, make it seem a lot worse than it actually is. He took a job. He did it. And to be honest, when I when I as much as I don't like the guy. I don't really, I, and I don't really like the Thor movies. At least Thor Ragnarok had a consistent tone. Thor Love and Thunder, who knows what the fuck was happening with that movie. And obviously, Thor Ragnarok was always in the cards because we saw that they wanted to do that next for Thor. And remember, we saw the logo for Thor Ragnarok, and it looked like it was going to be, like, dark. And then they changed it up to, like, this video game thing. So he came in added his flavor to it, but at least it was consistent. Thor Love and Thunder was not consistent at all, and from what I gathered, it was not the best. He he probably was just fucking half-assing the shit out of that movie. It seemed like it when he watched the movie, so thankfully he's not going to be there. I do not think he's going to have a Star Wars movie. I think there was a... I, I From what I gathered, Disney and all those guys, they don't really like him that much. He runs his mouth. Do you actually think they want that? I mean, he was already saying that, oh, yeah, people are going to get pissed off from my Star Wars movie. That's not a way to sell it. To me, it just seems like he's just shooting off and being like, whatever. But, hey, he wants to do original projects. Go for it, man. Do that. Stay away from no more Thors. No more. No, We don't need him for Star Wars. We really don't. Right? We don't need him for Star Wars. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But... I just would not be surprised if, like, the, you know, he's being so candid when it comes to this stuff. And I think it's just because, you know, he's kind of sticking it to him. Because they, um, from what I gather, they, they don't like him. They don't like the guy. They definitely don't like the guy. <sighs> Thor Love and Thunder was a fucking pair. Oh, yeah, it was a Saturday Night Live sketch. It was so bad. I watched 10 minutes of the trash movie. Then uh, Kate gave 92. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about Ragnarok. Every character he plays is the same. He was the worst part of Lightyear. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in Lightyear as well. Uh, yeah. He, I know. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember watching Lightyear. I actually enjoyed Lightyear. And then, yeah, I was like, wait, that's Taka's voice. And why does he have, uh, why does he have to be in there? Why does he have to be there? Don't need to hear his voice. All right. Let's get to Twitter questions. Uh, I, that drop is still happening right there. It's that was me running my head into the wall. I haven't fixed that drop. That drop drop is still messed up. It's still zoomed in. <laughs> it's, whatever. It's fine. It's good transition, right? All right, Eric. Hey Dave. So I was wondering 
with the fan animated stream last night. When is Hollywood Nights set in uh, season three continuity? I'd probably take a lot of thought between you and Scott, but I just, but just the thought I can't really get past. Uh, Scott would know know more than me. Anyway, any plans for a diehard stream? Nah, pro- I don't know. Probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I haven't done a live watch in a while. I mean, I, we did a live watch of Die Hard, but two or three years ago. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, I mean, maybe one of these days I'll get back to doing that. It's just trying to find the time, you know, trying to find the time to sit down and do it. But wouldn't mind doing it. But I, I, it's fun to do it by yourself, but it's also fun to have somebody else there, too. I think the last one I did was... Uh, um, Wonder Meg and I, we did, uh, we watched the first Twilight and it was just basically me shitting all over it <laughs> the entire time. Matt. Hey Dave, your post earlier with that bracket of Metallica songs. May, oh, yeah, that was, a uh, Chainsaw Reacts. Jordan, he, uh, of course, you know, you guys know that he and I are big time Metallica fans and he posts, he's been posting some videos when it comes to like rankings of Metallica songs. So yeah, he, I did retweet that earlier. Um, let's see. He said, well, makes me wonder what was your favorite song that played on the tour this year? Mine was whiskey in the jar. I did hear whiskey in the jar. They played that at my show, which I was surprised. I was like, whoa, whiskey in the jar. Great song. Great cover song for sure. Uh, I think like, to be honest, I think fight fire with fire was my favorite because I was like, cause I've never heard that one out of all the times I've seen them. They've never played that song. So hearing fight fire with fire, it's probably my favorite. Also, have you tried uh, Mealy Vodka yet? My wife got to meet the two guys who founded the company. Huh. One of those guys looks a little familiar. So, I don't know. There's something about that guy on the right. Might have to try some of his vodka. He looks like a guy that I would want to share a drink with, it seems. That's pretty cool. I like that. Jason Momoa. I forgot that he was uh, he was going to have a vodka, so I'm going to have to try that for sure. I still want to try Dan Aykroyd's vodka, but that stuff's pretty pricey. Darkness on the Wind. Dave, question number one. With one member of the Authority being the engineer confirmed to be in Superman Legacy, do you see the Authority being the first DCU film after Legacy? Question two. Yeah, I kind of do. I wouldn't be surprised. It's not going to be Batman, so why not the Authority? Question two, after season two of Peacemaker, do you want Gunn to have him play a minor role in DCU? That was another thing that Gunn actually responded to. He said that, yeah, he's continuing to write season two. You guys know my opinion on that. I honestly don't need a season two. I'll watch it because I surprisingly, I enjoyed the first one. I thought it was a bad idea at first, but I actually really enjoyed the first season. I don't think there needs to be a season two. I think you should be focusing on other projects when it comes to it. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, I mean, it is John Cena, John Cena, even though he's not, his movies that he leads don't actually do well, but anytime he pops up in a movie, people seem to like it. People seem to like it. I don't know. Devon Wooter, hello, Dave. Did you get a chance to watch Scott Pilgrim on Netflix? I watched the first three episodes on Saturday. And uh, very, very interesting because I was wondering how they were going to approach the story. Essentially, it's like an alternate version of the same story. 
which I was like, okay, that's cool, because I didn't really read up on how they were approaching it. But I love it. You hear all the same voices, and uh, I'll, I'll finish it one of these days. But, yeah, I watched the first three episodes. What was it? Four episodes uh, on Saturday and really did enjoy it. So, uh, And The Killer, it's uh, starring Michael Fassbender. Did you hear the news? Okay. Um, I did watch The Killer. I haven't mentioned this yet, but, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, we watched uh, The Killer with Michael Fassbender. Excellent. David Fincher, obviously. I'm a fan. One of my favorite directors. And uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was like it was kind of it was kind of John Wick without all the action. You know, it was like a, a hitman type of dude that was settling something that happened. Obviously, it wasn't like somebody killed his dog, but it was, you know, it was something that he had to like go around and figure out who was uh, trying to go after him and the woman that he uh, was with. And I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought Fastbender was a beast. I thought it was I thought it was an absolute it was a enjoyable movie. If you're a David Fincher fan, do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor when it comes to that. Sorry, I didn't finish that. Uh, and did you hear the news that Lionsgate is making a Naruto movie? Yeah, I think I read something about that because I don't want to see another. Yeah, I don't think they'll. I don't think. I think they've learned from that Dragon Ball Evolutions movie. I think. I think it'd be okay. Mr. Nobody, hey Dave, have you seen the DC animated three-part film trailer? Smart move, make it into three parts. Are you talking about the uh, crisis? But it's a crisis. Yes, you are talking about crisis. Yeah, apparently that got dropped early because they started removing it from everywhere. That story has been done to death at this point, and the animated DC world just got rebooted. Plenty of stories they could do before doing crisis. Yeah, a lot of, I think pretty much everybody who watches those movies is basically saying that's way too early for a crisis movie. Cooper Knox, riddle me this, film junkie. Why does Warner Brothers keep getting incompetent people to run the company? <laughs> I don't think, uh, be, well, I don't think it's so much that it's the people that are incompetent. Well, maybe some of them for sure. I, I know some people thought, Zaz, I mean, it's kind of funny, especially when it comes to the Snyder fandom. A lot of people thought that, you know, Ann Sarnoff was going to be, oh, they're going to be this. She's going to be the savior. She's going to restore the side of her. Same thing with Walter Hamada. He's going to continue it. He's going to do all that. And then Zazzy Pants as well. And I, I just kept thinking, like, don't don't think that these people are going to do what you want them to do. They even thought that with Jason Kylar, but he was running more of the HBO Max side, obviously. And then but but obviously with with Zack Snyder's Justice League being on there, I think a lot of people thought, oh, yeah, maybe he'll restore or whatever the hell. But it's like, I just thought it funny because I'm like, yeah, don't, don't trust that these people are going to do what you think they're going to do. Like I thought like J David Zaslav was perfectly capable of doing so, but maybe he didn't have the experience, you know, when it comes to something like Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is a beast. It's a machine that's been around forever. It's got this crazy library. They're trying to do this streaming thing. And you know, I don't think, to, to be honest, I'm like, who the hell could even try to pull this, pull Warner Brothers out of the depths of debt? They're in so much debt still, and the incompetent people that came before them put them into that position, essentially. So, I don't agree with all the decisions he has, has made, for sure, but I think, like, it's, like, pretty much an impossible job, I think. I don't know who... Maybe Jesus' second coming is going to come down. Just come down and be like, I will save 
Warner Brothers because it's historic and it's iconic and it's everything that and it make it everything that it should be. I don't know. Even he probably couldn't do that. The second coming of Christ, Jesus Christ, probably couldn't do it either. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think Zaslav was perfectly capable of maybe doing that, but people thought Anne was going to, oh yeah, people thought that anybody that, anybody who uh, wasn't, wasn't Emmerich and wasn't uh, Sujihara and all those guys, they thought any one of those people were going to uh, restore the Snyderverse. People thought that Walter Hamada was also going to restore the Snyderverse, like was going to be able to, you know, was going to continue, but. It's like none of those guys wanted that at all. But Zach won. Zach won. That's the thing. All those guys, all those people got booted. Zach got his movie out. And now Zach is happy creating new things over at another studio. So Zach 100% won. They lost. That's just the way it is. But Zaslav wasn't going to uh, do what people wanted as well. And, uh, you know, that's just what's happening now. What's going on, Tet? Good to see you. Randy, oh, you guys are talking about uh, wrestling stuff. <laughs> that's that's totally not that's totally not me. I don't know. Uh, I never got into wrestling, but anyways, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this up. You guys are awesome. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Wednesday this time, members only, and it'll definitely be a member. I'll double check and make sure it's one hundred percent a members only stream. Unless something crazy happens, then I'll do a a normal stream a normal film junkie live but if you want to be part more intimate live stream become a member become part of the family uh just hit the join button that's right down below but make sure you hit that like thumbs up make sure you subscribe to the channel do all that and of course you know there'll be videos and shorts that'll be uh all throughout the week and everything and then of course didn't have a vodka stream last friday we'll have one this friday we'll see if we get a guest in here or it'll just be a panel or whatnot who knows but you guys are awesome uh, hopefully you guys have a good rest of the week and like I said I'll see you uh, members on Wednesday and everybody else I'll talk to you guys later